What does it take to become an elite 40K player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. Hello and welcome to the Art of War Unbroken. Champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. No, 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 you're doing it all wrong. It's, Hello and welcome to Art of War Unbroken. Champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. Just like that, Nick. That's how you introduce <laughs> the show when you're the host. So, I'm your I'm host, sorry, Blake. Blake Law. But in the episode today, we'll be having Mr. Nick Natavati as our host. Now, this is episode 41 of the podcast. We're thrilled you're able to join us today. They say we learn the most from our losses, and that is exactly what this show aims to do. We are going to be interviewing elite players who have lost one to two games. That elite player today just happens to be Mr. Blake Law, the elitist of all players. We're going to break down how I made mistakes, how I plan to learn from them. We're going to talk about my dice, if they were bad, if they were good. As I say, you know, can't blame it on the dice. So, two weekends ago, we went to Northwest Arkansas. Me and Mr. Nanavati made a trip, and of course, we met each other in round three. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the epic tale of a 71-71 draw, Gene Stiller Colts and Blake Law's Wacky Imperium. So buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. Well, let's talk about this, though, because I don't know that either one of you are the host or the guest. I think you're both the guest because it was a draw. So you're both guests. So yeah. I'm your host, Brad Chester. This is episode <laughs> 41 of the podcast. <laughs> this is part one. We're going to be analyzing the game, talking about common mistakes, talking about the secondaries that I chose, that Nick chose. We're going to be talking about the target priority in part two, which is available to subscribers at theartofwar40k.com. We'll be Brad. talking about everything Brad wants to ask us. I'm going to get roasted. It's going to be, I'm going to be on the hot seat, and this is his one chance to annihilate me. So make sure to check that out. It's going to be nice. I'm super excited for this episode because I start, Blake started out as this, on this adventure as my little coaching client. Long, long ago in a galaxy far away. From there, he's grown. He's grown up in the world. He has an unbroken podcast. Now, somehow, he's my coaching client, but still, I pay him. And then on top of that... Um, How have you not said the circle is now complete? The circle is now complete. You know, that's why we have you, Brad. You got to keep us straight. Coach oh, me on man. the words I use. These young guys. I can't let you go. go anywhere. We're also joined by Jaime. What are you doing, Blake? Be a better host. I'm not the host. That's what makes it so chaotic. It's a pure <laughs> chaos intro. I'm just going to do it. The host today, because he's obviously not hosting, is Mr. Winless in 2022 still has not won a single event. Mr. Brad Chester. Oh, that's hurtful. <laughs> that's hurtful. I've played in one event and I did not win it. So you are correct. I Winless. did not. No I'm record to show. He hasn't done. He's done some stuff in the remote past. Listen to other episodes. You <laughs> can old news, man. What have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? His co-host today, all the way from Spain, some may call him the Thane from Spain, Mr. Wolf Lord, Jaime Paris. Oh, and of so course, much. I am, I guess, going to introduce myself. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the guest, Blake Law. I suck at the game, but uh, I tied Nick, so that's why I'm here. How do you not always explain to yourself that you're Dr. Law? Because it sounds like you're a James Bond villain when you say that. Dr. Law. I feel like part of getting the degree, you're getting a PhD, being in school for like 100 years, is being able to call yourself doctor. And like you have Dr. Law as your name. You can be like, you can be like Dr. Claw. 
We can get White Claws involved. There's a I lot of play here. Every conversation ever. But I'm not Dr. Law. This is a fake name I use. So this is just this is just a persona. Persona on the internet, man. So it's uh, Dr. Doctor is what I like to go I want to get to know the real you. I don't want this fake internet. I mean, you would actually be Dr. B. Dr. B. Well, let's let's talk about it. Brad, I am scared to death because you're hosting. You're going to direct us directly into the ground. But uh, Oh, I, I assume that you guys made the exact same amount of mistakes after I hear about this game some more. But what I want to do is let's talk about this. You guys were in the middle of nowhere. I'll What's tell you a little bit about it. So tell me about this event. This all started because I missed Nick's birthday in December. And I said, Nick. And then he got me to fly across the country. For his birthday. This is his birthday weekend. So we did it up big. We went to Fayetteville, Arkansas, which if you've never been there, is an absolutely glorious location. It is one of the fastest growing areas in the country because Walmart has big money there. Super awesome. (laughs) Brian Priest over at T-Shirt Explosion. He puts on this event every year. And uh, it hadn't happened in like two years, so it's kind of been building up. So all the people who play 40K in Arkansas are kind of chopping at the bit to finally play a local event because a lot of them don't travel around. So it brought a pretty big crowd, actually, for 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 where it's at. I think it brought in, I think, 34 people. I think they're originally like 37 signed up, which is pretty good for that event, actually. And uh, they just really did a really good job putting it on. It was um, The terrain was actually actually really good, actually, for, um, for an event of its size. I thought it was pretty fair. Pretty even spread. by T-Shirt Explosion. Did you have a t-shirt cannon? Because if you didn't, I'm very disappointed. I'm going to give you a tiny side note here. This is how I got into 40K was t-shirt explosion. I was in college at an intramural basketball team. I think I went to get jerseys made for it. I walk into the store and I'm like, what is this? Tell me about these models that are on the wall. And so, yeah, it's a t-shirt shop that sells Warhammer. And it's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, so I I was two and zero. Oh, Nick was two and zero. Oh, we met round three, and that's kind of where the story, I guess, starts. This was some mission, some mission, and some secondary choices. Now, is this player place terrain? Is this uh, GW set terrain? What are you guys playing on? This is uh, this is set terrain. It's not any of the standard ones you'd say per se, but for the most part, most of the boards what they had is they had um, kind of your standard like five to six obscuring pieces. Like there'd be like two or one big one kind of deployment zone. And then there's usually one in the center, kind of like GW has, but it's usually a ruin of some sort. And then kind of in the mid board on either side, you had an obscuring ruin. That's how the top four tables were mostly set up. The ones kind of farther down, like tables 15 or so, they were a little bit, um, you know, more mixed up. But the top four were pretty straightforward in that uh, sense. Maybe a little bit of scatter terrain here and there. But uh, that was that was kind of the rundown on it. Would you agree, Nick? Did you guys, did you guys know the terrain before going to the event? No, no, we didn't. It was, uh, it was a wild west out there, especially because I brought GSC, and they like to hide. You you need to hide. You need to hide. <laughs> and we're skipping things, though. Why don't you guys tell us your list before we go into everything about the actual mission and everything else? Well, I was going to uh, direct you in that uh, general thought He's process. Directing you, I don't, like, I don't, okay? can't let me go. You. I don't yeah, anywhere. Well, I'll go ahead and start off on my list. It's the thing I've been running all pretty much since last summer. It's a little bit of wackiness. It was. Um, made because I wanted to paint a lot of this stuff and it kind of evolved from there. My list starts with a Metallica detachment and in that detachment I have an Inquisitor who is brought in as an agent of the Imperium. He has the little strat that lets me gain CP when I uh, roll 5 if you try to use a strat and then he has the psychic power to gain CP and make you minus 1 to hit. It did not come into play at all the entire week and was absolutely worthless. This character was there for mental interrogation or for psychic interrogation, whatever it's called. Um, in, in, in my actual ad mech, I had a Skatari Marshal. 
He had the Relic of the Exemplars Eternity. He had the Firepoint Telemetry Cache. I believe that's the one that lets them, um, it makes them count as being in light cover, or if they're in light cover, they get plus one. So it makes those um, Vanguards really good. The Exemplar's Eternity is the one that gives them plus one, or um, reroll ones to hit and reroll ones to wound. Um, Tech, Pri- Tech Priest Manipulus is in there. He has a Metallic and Long, kind of that defensive reroll all wounds at a three inch bubble. Um, and then he had Logi, which gives them ignore um, AP one and two. In my troop slot, I had five Rangers, uh, five Vanguards, and I had a block of 18 uh, Vanguards. And they all had the uh, Omni Specs to ignore cover. And then I had a unit of six Guitar and Rust Stalkers. They had the Artifactorum, and they took the Tempercora to make a unit within um, engagement range counted as being fight last. I had a unit of eight Cerebrus Raiders, a unit of three Cerebrus Raiders, and that rounded out my Metallica detachment. Allied in, I had House Crask Knights. In that, I had a Knight Majera. In the, I gave him the Iron Bulwark. <coughs> and then I had another uh, Majera, and he had the Armor of the Saint, Sainted Ion. So both of them were pretty defensive. One gives him a 4-up pinball, and the other gives him a 2-plus armor save. And then I had an Armager in there as well. And he had the Quality Burden, whatever that's called, Free Blade, I think is what it's called. And yep. he... Um, he counted his obsec and his um, burdens were the one where you can't target with CP and you have to like shoot and charge the closest thing if you fail leadership. Um, really never came into play. Kind of sat back there and held objectives. Um, and that's the list. I started with almost no CP. So um, that really never really came into play either because this list doesn't really use CP. It kind of just does stuff. How about yourself, Nick? What's your list? My turn. All right. We are talking about my predecessor list, the one I'm using currently in our Streamhouse RTT. This was a custom Gene Circle Battalion and Patrol. We had the, I don't remember their names, but I, the one where I ignore the heavy penalties for using industrial weapons and the one where I reroll charges, which is great. So we had Double Patriarch, which also functioned as my 10 last options. They just cast powers. They were awesome. Uh, I had a Primus in this version, and I had an Acolyte Icon Ward. I had four units of 10 Neophytes in the troops. Each one had two heavy size or two seismic cannons, um, two big Acolyte units. Each one had four rock cutters, and I ignored the heavy penalty there, which is really nice. Um, one of them had the 3d6 pick the two highest charge, and one of them had the plus one attack powers. Then I had uh, three units of five Acolytes. One of them had lying in wait to show up three inches away. They just did my strangleholds and rods and did that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Three units of four Atlan Jackals. Each one had a demo bike. They were there turn one to just drive around keep uh, and just be my turn one screens and early board presence. Um, 20 pure strain genes. You just can't leave home there without those. Go. There we go. <laughs> I was waiting for those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they ought to get populated. When you're using Battle Scribe, it auto yeah. just gives you 20. I was like, what are the pure strains? <laughs> 20 pure strain stealers with one of the units had the uh, pregame of nine inches. And then they hung out in, uh, in one truck. And I had a unit of two Achilles Ridge Runners uh, with the heavy mining lasers also. Juicy. Nice. Yeah. So the mission was the mission. I don't remember the name of the mission. but it's Recover the, the Relics. Recover the Relics. Look at you, Blake. Mm-hmm. You're showing up to your A that, game to play. All right. Which I like it. Eleven or which one's that one? It's the one it's where the... It's um the su- the sub secondary or the sub primary thing is where you score three uh, points if you kill three units. And for every unit you kill, it's you get 11. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's mission it's 11, you get a yeah. kill per point. There's one objective in the primary zone, two just outside, yeah. 
Yeah, so it's like the new retrievals. The objectives are there's six of them. It's a hold one mission, take and hold. So one objective is four. Points, you guys, what are you guys looking eight. at the match now? You're, what were you taking for both of your secondaries? So I, I took, took. Oh, go ahead, Blake. I took uh, no prisoners because Nick's list just has a ton of dudes, and he's going to be throwing them at me all game to do stuff. So it just plays into the game plan. Uh, I took stranglehold because I have two big knights, and that also plays directly into how I play a six mission. Um, a six mission. Um, Six objective mission. And then for my last one, I took uh, Retrieve Nakamon Data, which ended up being a problem for me. But we'll get into that. Can we quickly go over your secondaries before, next? Because Strangle on that mission is hard, hard to pull off. Yeah, it's, you have three on Those each objectives are far. Like, there's one other six objective mission where Strangle is fine. But this one, like, his objectives are, like, on his deployment zone night almost. Yeah. What was your thought process? Oh, picking my that thought one? process on this. So I look at his list, and he doesn't really have a whole lot of ways to um, immediately pick up my knights. So my plan was to try to get them forward, and we'll talk about why I made a mistake on that. Also, uh, my plan was to try to get them forward and just on top of him. So I was going to get them midboard where they could take either that you know the one nearest to me or go and tag the one on his side. So. I felt like with the way the terrain was laid out, I could have some pretty good firing lanes to take him off of at least one of those back ones on his side. And I sure. could always hold my three on that side. So. Okay, so terrain was a big factor for being able to pull off stranglehold on that, on that mission. Oh, for sure. There was one, okay. there was one obscuring piece in the middle, but uh, it, it was it was a decent, it was like a medium-sized ruin, but there was enough room around it where I could get some. Yeah, but with a 12-inch move, yeah. like you're, you're clear. So you were basically, I'm going to take three and kill him off one. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Yeah, so, so for my secondaries, I went for Stranglehold also. And I found with my list, uh, it took Engage a lot of times because Gene Center Cult is really good to engage. But the way this list functions, it's just dancing on your opponent's objectives. So it, it mm-hmm. just pulls off Stranglehold. It's just throwing OPSEC everywhere. And then I took Retrieve Knockman Data because Gene Center Cult just auto gets a 12 there. Unless I'm playing against Brad Chester. I was going to say, or does it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, the last one's always fishy with GSC because I try. I look to see if my opponent gives up any kill ones, of course. I have decent to the last built in with the Bridge Runners and the Patriarchs. And then I have good psychic options because I have the Patriarchs too. I also could just make it a secret, which creates all these mind games and, and games within the game that I can start to play. I opted to um, take Psychic Interrogation this one, and I didn't make it a secret because as soon as I cast it, like I'll figure it out. But um, I didn't go for it to the last because I was afraid. Blake could just decide at his leisure to kill the Ridge Runners with the Knights, basically. What are you other two to the last? Is it the Patriarchs? Or is it the Patriarchs. Yeah. And also, the Patriarchs kind of want to get their hands dirty. They're not bad at Night Killers either. Well, okay. not like they'll kill a Knight, but they will do damage to it. And in mass, that's how my army kills Knights. I definitely sure. could have killed the Patriarchs if I made the effort to, too. Like, I electively chose not to kill them to get more points at the end of the game, but they were sure. there where I could have taken them, I think. Okay. Going into this match, I'll get go back and forth. And for I'll do you first. I'll do you now. I'll do you first. Yeah. Uh, first <laughs> what were your thoughts going into the matchup? Not just into the player, but into the actual matchup. How did you feel so your this army is, versus this army in this mission? This is interesting because uh, Gene Stiller Colt was a thing before I was a player again. So I just never played it. This is my first time playing it. I had read about it in a vacuum, you know, in a far, far galaxy away. But uh, I knew nothing what it did. So me and Nick uh, sat there and talked about what his list did beforehand. And I was like, ah, that's interesting. We'll see how this works, you know. So um, my thought was like, I don't I, I wasn't really like 
super in the zone on how I was going to screen him out because I knew he had a bunch of shenanigans to be able to drop in like three inches, like six inches or like eight inches away. So it was like, I, I wasn't super clear on how I was going to screen him out or if I was gonna, going to at all because I knew I wasn't going to be able to stop him from getting that, mm-hmm. uh, knock my dad. My list just doesn't have enough bodies to be able to really uh, screen out that effectively. So going into it, I was a little unsure. Um, I knew that I would just kind of have to kill a lot of things and uh, hope my knights kind of survived and take some uh, spikes, some unlucky saves there. So, so building on the on how many bodies he had, what did you put into reserves to do your R and D? I put in reserve a um, I spent a CP and put uh, Vanguard, the five man Vanguard, and the five man Ranger block in reserve okay. to kind of bring them on. So, were you worried at any point that the only upside left in your list was the seventeen man blob? Not really, nah. Not you. You weren't worried about that at all. Well, I also have the obsec knight, so my little knight's obsec as well, and it counts as five. Oh, the little baby one, okay. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that's also kind of a a little bit of a problem for Nick to deal with. Um, ended up he ended up killing it, but like it's still like the you got to make the effort. Are you going to kill my little knight, and take the obsec, or uh, kill my big knight? Because my big knight's just going to pick up, especially with his list with the flamer I have. He's just going to pick up yeah, yeah. A, a unit, maybe even two if he if he uh, gets him close enough. Yeah, I had a really different. Uh, experience going in this match i guess going into it like plan wise because gsc doesn't have a plan a lot of times they're just like let's figure out survival through turn one maybe score stranglehold or something and try not to get tabled um see what kind of see how close blake gets to be how aggressive what tempo he wants to take the game at he gets to pick the avenue of war with his ability to screen and then i get to show up and then re-choose where the battle's actually taking place so I, I play go play it by ear for the first three turns, but I knew I had to be really careful with the knights because they have so much firepower, and I'm very I hate firepower. And then the vanguard, they scoop my infantry. They they have like a yeah. bajillion shots. They auto wound. Um, their stats are fine to shoot my toughness three idiots. Like it's so terrifying. So I had to manage them, and they ignore AP one and two and standing cover. And my whole army is AP2 shooting, so I can't really kill them unless I get my Steelers into them. Blake wisely deployed them kind of in the back, so I couldn't just get that off. So that was a big problem. Um, I basically felt like Blake, as long as I could just keep up primary and, and dominate Blake's primary, I had an amazing secondary plan in a good lake. I have, like, psych interrogation. I can just get as long as there's knights alive for me to interrogate. Um, stranglehold my army just to, as long as I have models left, I'm getting strangleholds. And if I plan right, I get rods. So that was beat them on secondaries, key place with primaries, and that was pretty much the plan. Yeah. Um, so it was going into like the game, I guess, as it started. So we deploy, and I think that's where I made my first error. I actually didn't see this error, I'm going to be honest. Uh, Nick pointed out afterwards, and it kind of goes to... Early. Do what? Is it starting early with the errors. <laughs> yeah, I'm going right into it, because I'll tell you... Uh, I've thought about this a lot. Starting in the drive over to the tournament. <laughs> yeah, in the drive of the tournament, I was thinking, but no. Um, so I deployed my knights, and my plan was to get aggressive with the knights, you know, because he had the ridge runners, but that was really his, that and like the dudes in combat were really the only ways he's going to be able to deal with them. So I should have deployed them on the line. I did not. I deployed them like four inches off the line. I don't know why. I think I was a little bit scared of that Gene Stiller, like counter assault getting across turn one hitting me, which I shouldn't have been. I'd, I just sure. I hadn't been hit by it before, but in hindsight, I could have just taken him and fine. Um, but losing that four inches, I think, was a big deal because um, it, it limited the amount of uh, movement I had going into like turn two, two and three to get around a lot of the screens he had put out there. So, mm-hmm. um, 
So deployment, I deployed my knights four inches off the line. I deployed my uh, all my raiders like across the line in front of them, um, so they can get up and do some screening. Turn one, and then I put my big block of rangers kind of square in the middle, about six inches off the line, and a big piece of terrain. So they're sitting on a two up save once it's my turn, um, and they're ignoring AP one and two. So they're pretty tough to to move off of that. All my characters are back there with them. My psychers back there with them, which also might have been a little bit of a mistake putting him so far back. Um, and then beyond that, I had uh, my other stuff in reserve. So. Um, my pregame was another mistake. Mistake number two. I I haven't really played a lot of uh, outside of maybe Brad and Nick. I haven't played a lot of like super super like you know old timey elite players. And uh, I pushed forward and I left just enough space between my two units and my screen. So uh, we'll get into why that was a a problem mm. <laughs> going into going into Nick, uh, top of Nick's uh, or Nick's turn two or turn one. Um, but that that was my second mistake, definitely. Um. So the first one was not deploying directly on the line. The second one was I was a little bit too um, too loose with how I did my screens starting um, starting the game off. I think yeah, again, you actually, a killer. I think your mistake actually with your Cerberus Raiders, which I'll let you explain here, that set the tone for me to make a whole bunch of mistakes because I got you so good on turn one, which we'll get into. It's yeah. never a good time to look back at a game when your opponent says, "I got you so good." <laughs> oh, he got so me good. Tell me about this guy. I need to know. He so he moved up his Cerberus Raiders as the screen, the big nine man unit, um, and the big conga line of ponies right up in the middle in the hammer and anvil style, so long ways, basically lining up the entire midline of the ponies. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like blot use terrain to its maximum effect with these ponies, so I couldn't. So I was able to get around them with my Adeline Jackals with their pregame move, and then their fourteen inch move, and then their advance roll. So I surrounded this nine-man Cerberus Raider unit. So they couldn't use their two CP to run away. Strat to run away in any meaningful no. direction. They, like, they would have to pass them into my, my mics or pass them in terrain or something like that. So then I just slammed them with, with pure strains, killed all of them, no. and then went right back into reserve. Because it's not like six inches. It's nothing six. And then <laughs> that was... That was such a momentum swing. I got my stranglehold like that because there was nothing in midfield for Blake. My bikes were just on objectives. I, I felt like I was in the driver's seat there, which led me to get a little overconfident, which I think was a big mistake of mine overarching. When did the game there. swing back? You know, I mean, you you make a big big move in turn one. You you smash that big unit of service raiders, which is a huge tool for this army. Yeah. So they get peeled out. You're you get a big stranglehold turn one. When did the game start swinging back? To your favor on that bike. Well, I um I, I managed to get my um my two nice. They both went up each flank, and they cleared pretty much the midboard from there. Um, so he had uh, behind that piece of obscuring terrain. He had his um what's the character to the brood brood lord? Is that what they're called? Patriarchs. Patriarch. Patriarch. Yeah. So he had his patriarch back there uh, behind the obscuring terrain that's barely poked out. He had a unit of four bikes sitting back there, which he ends up screening the next turn on me, and then he had like. All his bikes, like a bazillion bikes, and you actually left the Gene Stillers there. You didn't pull them because you were going to, you were going to pull them, and you ended up not because you wanted to get your stranglehold. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I let them die. So he let them die. So I, I managed. I walked my two knights up, and I just killed all that. Like uh, the Gene Stillers all died, the bikes Me all too. died. He had the four man still back there, and the patriarch back there. What Nick pointed out to me after the game, though, which I didn't see at the moment, is I could have actually taken a better angle with my far right knight taking just probably like two or three inches to the right there instead of going straight forward like I did. 
and I could have actually drawn an angle to hit that four-man bike squad that was behind the um, obscuring. And by doing that, I could have just smoked this Patriarch from the other night. So um, that ended up being... I, I would call that just a, a tactical um, a tactical problem for me, like something I just yeah. didn't, didn't see because I wasn't really something I, something I wouldn't have thought of. But Nick definitely pointed out not the just play. an oversight, tactical oversight. I wouldn't even call it a mistake because I, I wouldn't even thought of that during the game to be honestly. But yeah, now, now it's something to think of, yeah. Um, but so after that turn, he has that four man sitting there behind the um, behind the obscuring terrain. He has the patriarch sitting there, and my knights are both sitting comfortably right there on the um, on the two objectives. So I'm holding three. I don't hit my stranglehold here, um, but he. So the next turn, he comes out, takes that four man, and does this like super awesome move. I was like, "Dang it, Nick!" He ta- he makes a U. He makes a U of those four that four man around that middle uh, obscuring terrain, and with the U, he may he like blocks out my knights from moving at all. Like he just shuts my knights moving down it's with a freaking four man bike squad. So that was a little bit frustrating. Um, Damn it! I love the. I was and that was that play. frustrating. <laughs> It was nice. I, I told Nick at the moment, I was like, man, that's a freaking good move. It, it was it was really frustrating to have that one bike squad screw my entire freaking army. So with that, I I came up with a plan. And this is where my mistake number three, a big one, a very big one for me comes into play. So that four that four man you sitting there, and I go, hmm, I can take this Rust Stalker, Rust Stalker squad, move them up. And in the charge phase, I'll charge them and I'll charge to be closer, but I'll swing them around so I can actually, when I consolidate out, I'll hit that other, his side objective and I'll take that and it'll give me my stranglehold. And it'll be a huge swing, right? Because I'll take that back objective, I'll shut down his primary. He had no OPSEC on the objective? No, he didn't have OPSEC back there. I, I had a patriarch who couldn't really be shot on the objective, <laughs> just trying to hold it down because I was hoping Blake wouldn't be able to get there. Yeah, sure. The Mimo blocking with the bikes opened up the plane for him to charge and consolidate on. So this is where the mistake comes in. Oh man, it was the most boneheaded mistake you could possibly make, right? So my knight's sitting right there, and I'm in the shooting phase. I'm in the freaking zone. I'm killing all kinds of stuff, right? I'm shooting his backboard. I'm clearing off his dudes as they had dropped in, you know, because he had dropped in a couple of his little um, troop guys, whatever they're called, you know, the the uh, acolytes. Acolytes. He dropped in some acolytes. I killed them, and I was in the zone, right? So I was just shooting stuff like, ah, oh, I can hit that. I can hit that. I can no. hit that. <sighs> so I put no, the flame. You didn't. I put the flamer to the bikes and just completely forgot. And I, I, I called it out and I go, oh, oh, that was a mistake. I realized as soon as I called it out, I realized it. And I shot it and he, of course, picks up like two of the bikes, completely ruins my plan. So I'm like, well, now I just, uh, that's like a, what, like a probably a seven point swing because I don't, I don't deny that uh, four points on that yep. side. I lose my three point stranglehold. I lose the momentum of those guys being out there. So it's not terms of screening up. That was a very, very These big, are some uh, big point swings at this point in time. Yeah. There were. It was. It was a sloppy game. I'm just <laughs> it was a sloppy. <laughs> so where it starts to come back for Blake is really while this is going on and I'm move blocking, I'm screening. I am so terrified of this Vanguard unit. I can't like deep strike charge it because they have that Auspex scan strategy. Yeah. That mech had to just shoot me upon arrival. So that's not really in the cards. And Blake is doing a really good job just keeping in the back where I can't just run across the table and hit it. And they're just creeping up. So I. Dropped my 40 neophytes with with mining lasers and uh, with uh, seismic cans. They go in and they start shredding knights and or not shredding knights, but they're doing a good amount of damage. I killed like half a knight on the drop turn with just idiot dudes shooting. Um, but they have to be so far back. It's hammer and anvil, so I'm able to be so far back. But I can't be all over the place. So I'm in one direction from Blake. Um, he just goes forward. There's my army. So I'm kind of basically losing board control slowly because I'm afraid of this Vanguard unit that's just trundling across the table while I'm trying to shoot these knights. And what I found was 
because it was the mission where you get bonus points for killing my units. Like, across the entire game, I only killed five units. We counted up at the end of the game. Like, holy crap. So I got a five for mission primary, like, kill Ouch. units. And then my Gene Snow Cult Army over here is like 65 units in it. And yeah. grow units away like it's going out of style. And I'm like, here, have some bikes, move block. Here, have some bikes, move block. Here, have five and units, that's, And that's also with Blake going second, right? Yeah, and Blake had gone second here. Going I got that awesome momentum on. Got some good primary in the last turn as well. Yeah, absolutely. So all that good momentum I built up going first really put me in that driver's seat. I felt overconfident. I wasn't really keeping tally mentally of the fact that I was getting annihilated on kills. I was like, I'm getting eights, Blake's getting fours. I'm yeah. doing all this stuff that's going great. And then all of a sudden we're at the end of the game, turn five, and I'm like, holy crap, Blake has killed 15 of my units. And yeah. I've killed five of his. I killed I killed like at least three a turn. I think I missed, I got like a two one time, I think maybe. So I, I got like a three, three, two, three, three or something, something of that nature. And um, something I forgot to mention actually, that well, another pretty costly moment for me is, I kind of forgot that with the retrieve knock my data that the servitors, they're four man and I failed it. Yeah. I failed at turn one. So it was like this huge critical moment where I actually had to reserve one of my units back there where the servitors were or back to where the servers were. Cause so I was like, I'm not going to attempt that again. So if I failed that with them, it's like, I just don't even get four. So I had to put that unit back there. Ended up being super costly. I only scored like four on retrieve data because of it. That hurts. Sure. Also, um, while we're going through all our mistakes, upon some more self-reflection, I found that I took Psychic Interrogation. I got a 15 on it, so how much mistake was this? It was a zero-point game. We tied. But um, my, I really hated not casting my powers. I didn't cast Mass Hypnosis one time that game. And I, there were so many instances where I was like, I really wish a knight was fighting last. I can do so much more if this knight was fighting last. Because Blake, I would like charge Acolytes and kill something. Blake would shoot past that unit, completely ignore it, shoot my army, and then just charge a bunch of knights into the acolytes, and that would be a great solution to them. Then you get a movement off it. If the knight's fighting last, he charges in, and I like chop the knight in half instead. At the minimum, it diverts the firepower. So that sucks. So traded points for my models, basically. Yeah. So we kind of went back and forth. What was left towards the end of the game was my knights had carved up a hole. So they, they were coming on both sides. They, they were a little beat up. One of them, one of them was still above the um, 12 wounds. So he's still on top bracket. The other one was like at like seven or eight wounds. I can't recall exactly how many, but he was, he was in the second bracket. And so I had to pay a CP to get him to the top. I bring them in kind of together and I'm going into his two patriarchs are sitting there. He has a, his other unit gene stealers is back there. And then he has a unit of acolytes, sitting back there i believe and so we kind of sit there and i think nick has won i'm like i think you've won i don't know what the points are nick thinks i've won by three and so we were like let's just sit here let's it was a top of five i was like let's figure out what the score is real fast so we sit there we calculate it out and nick had, had nick had thought he'd give it up 15 on no prisoners but he only gave up 12 i think so the best i could do in that scenario was actually score a 71 to his 71 and at the Jesus. moment, I think I was sitting on like 69. And so I have to kill it's the number one rule. Always know what the score is. I know. Yeah. score. Yeah. Uh, I'm such a, I'm so disappointed in myself for not keeping a better tally to score. Cause there was a move on turn five. Where I literally could have just done nothing with 10 pure strings that came in from reserve on turn four. They could have just hid behind a wall and just pissed off for the rest of the game. No, and the would have, that would have been not enough. No prisoners for Blake, but instead I literally threw them into the night. Cause I wasn't paying any attention to the score 
like did like three points of damage Every, on six. Watch listening. Always, always, always know your score and know your projected score. And so. don't wait till turn five. Like do it on turn exactly. four. Give yourself at least a turn or two to <laughs> figure out what to do. This is why I'm Especially on a broken. You don't want to find yourself here. The game. It's yeah. a big deal because if uh, you're playing and, for instance, Blake takes an early lead and then he forces Nick to have to come to his side of the table. You know, he has to extend out if he's up points. What was interesting is I had to kill all those guys, right? So I, a flamer or whatever, and kill a squad. I, I put shot, shots into another, and then I just charged the one. I just left the one completely alone because I learned my mistake on turn two. And I charged oh, yeah, the last, the point longer. blank charge, and I kill all them. So I, I managed to kill them all pretty handedly. But Nick actually positioned his patriarchs where they were able to both heroically intervene on my knight with like 12 wounds left. I think, he had, yeah, I had 13. I was one above bracketing. And so he heroically intervenes on him, and if he kills that knight, he actually wins by one because he gets he gets one point on for a kill for primary. So Nick gets, the, I think he gets the knight down to like three wounds. I make like a couple four ups, or it's like over. I I rolled my I had two patriarch swings thing, and over the course of the game, I had four patriarch swinging at this knight, and like it got shot by ridge runners a bunch. This thing was immortal. And in the <laughs> last patriarch, I rolled like three sixes to wound. Sixes are flat three damage and AP six and uh blake had like six wounds left and then this guy just bosses the saves i boss the saves boss i think, I, I think he had that. three he had three or four wounds left at the end of the game but it was like it, he, he put enough damage in that if i'd failed saves i would have died and who'd have won by point sure so it was um so question did you add the plus two for no prisoners i believe yes. we did yeah yeah we did yeah, because yeah. uh, we 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 sat there. We sat there for a good like ten minutes. I, kind I of didn't have like one hundred fifty wounds of models. I didn't okay. come close. It was yeah. uh, we'd like count and fight for. It. And then I heal also. I healed like two or three dudes with my random oh, sure. icon ward, so I had to count those. It was a whole thing. Yeah, it was. Um, Looking back at your secondary choices, Nick, is there any chance that you could have taken banners because it would have been hard for Blake to take them down, and you'd have a fifteen maximum instead of that twelve? So that's interesting. I actually hadn't considered that. Um, banners is not really where my mind goes with playing GSC because my army's all about being all over the board and not being tough in one spot. So it's hard for me to like, well, not raise a banner, but it's hard for me necessarily to defend objectives and stuff. If someone just wants to go that way, I just go around them. I let them have it and like surround them on the other side of the board. So it kind of goes against the play style, but I think that would have done really well. That said, I scored a 12 on rods and um, I could have gotten a 15 on banners, but that's a tough ask. Yeah, because you know? like teleport homers would be a little bit tougher just because of the fact that he can prospect you, you know, if yeah. he has to come back in his deployment zone. But I think that banners would have been like super safe. Yeah, yeah so, banners might have been good. <clears throat> Nick, All three objectives were in the open though, so I was sure. worried about that. Gotcha. Nick, question for you. So you said you were scared of the Rangers because you didn't want him auspex scanning. Did you ever consider just dropping like three units, letting him auspex scan one of them? And then charging with the other two and killing them. not really built for that. Um, I don't have like a ton of deep strike charges that actually do critical damage to the Rangers. Okay. Um, I have two big units that are decent at deep strike charging and could do good damage into the, into the Rangers. But they also have the rock cutters, which I felt like were more critical going into the Knights because they're flat sure. three damage. Yeah, yeah, you didn't have a lot of uh, stuff to deal with them other than that, really. Like, and that way I get, yeah. That way I get to use both of the units of Rock Hunters instead of just sacrificing one to the, one of them just to those the Overwatch gods. And then, of course, I'm still hoping I hit the charge, and this is just one charge going in at it. Yeah, that's a risk. Yeah. I thought you had like three or four that could kill him in combat. That unit's actually the, decently uh, tough you, in combat, too. Mm-hmm. 
The Gene Steelers would slaughter them because they're AP3, and that's the magic number. But Blake was like, did a great job not allowing that charge to ever happen. Yeah. But the minus one strength messes you up a little bit, doesn't it? Moving on fours could suck. Yeah. Yeah. Did a you, lot of attacks. Did you, attacks uh, when you had that first turn move, actually, I'll, I'll, I'm going to save this one for the Bradning. Oh, yeah. Wait, save it for the Bradning. I'm going to get the Bradning and I'm going to get nicked. I'm going to get both. Hami, what's your, what's your thing? What's your, uh, I don't know, man. We have hymatized? to go up with something. <laughs> You're hymatized? Yeah, we're going to hymatize. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's I like that. Yeah, that's why I host the show, man. That's uh, right. that's what I'm here for. I'm here for it. Yeah. Well, do you got any other questions for me in part uno? What do we do? We have any questions asked from uh, board room members? Mm-mm. That makes me sad. I know. I have a tear I, in my eye now. I didn't, I didn't put it out there. I'm coming on my own show. I just gotta let it be a surprise because everyone, every single time I lose <laughs> on stream, people are like, "When are you go on your own show?" I'm like, "No, oh, well, maybe someday." Well, here, <laughs> here it is. Watch this be the episode with the highest ratings because it's Brad doing the hosting. Yeah. I think there's That's all four right. of us here. This better have the yeah. highest ratings. It better. There were two and a half guests here. Brad counts as guests. <laughs> well, Brad, Brad has boxed his host host job. So, uh, Jaime, it's all you if it. Uh, if it's <laughs> so I'm taking. I'm taking the credit. It's just so. I don't have any mojo. I, mean, I haven't got any wins yet in 2022. <laughs> let's go. Let's go wrap it up. Let's go to get to the Brad the Brad hour. I want to get I want to get uh, the Bradning going. I want to hello and welcome to the Art of War. Broken champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. <laughs> You're putting it out there. I'm your host Blake Law. This is episode 41 of the podcast, and we are once again thrilled you have joined us. Well, <laughs> I'm closing the episode, Nick. I gotta do my wrap up. Everyone, everyone, just be quiet. We're gonna end this. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to check out our other podcast. We have the very American Art of War Down Under with the late and great Adam Camilleri. We have the Art of War Vanilla with Mister Steve Joel and the Boy King John Lennon. We, of course, are the Art of War Pistachio, the flavor you didn't know you loved until you tried it. Thanks for listening. Check out our other content at theartofwar4dk.com. Check out part two. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40K network. Theartofwar40k.com.